Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. Welcome. You're tuning in to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Most important hour of radio every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Thank you for joining me. This show is dedicated to delivering timely, balanced truths about residential real estate in an effort to help you. My goal is to educate you, empower you, and engage you so you can make informed decisions to protect, enhance, and smartly manage your investment, your house, or houses. I'm Mike Bell. I'm a broker with Keller Williams here in Pasadena. I sell a lot of homes. And you can email me your questions, mikebell at kw.com, M-I-K-E-B-E-L-L at kw.com. Again, mikebell at kw.com. You can also call us live at 888-GO-FOR-IT. That's 888-463-6748. Again, 888 888- Four six three six seven four eight. I'm going to give you my personal cell phone number. Save it in your contacts. My personal cell phone number is 888-401-1555. Again, 888-401-1555. And we'll be answering your emails a little bit later in the show. Today, I have mortgage advisor Tony Moon with First Priority Financial. Hey, Tony. Hey, Mike. Pleasure to be here. Hey, thanks for coming. I, um, it's been a few months, so <laughs> with both of our tenacity, we were able to, to, to get you in here. This is great. Yeah, it is great. Great to be here. You're actually my first lender that I've had on the show. You, um, you know why you're on the show? I've, I know a million lenders. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes knocking on my window. I have a, we have a first floor office in, in the Pasadena Financial uh, Center in the heart of downtown Pasadena. A lot of people know where my office is, so I, the lenders, a lot of them, they'll they'll call on my, I'll call on me, right? And but they park on the street and they see me in, in the window, they knock on the window. Thanks for not doing that, <laughs> but you're here because I like I like what you've done for my clients. Uh, you get the job done. You're pretty persistent. Thank you. Um, so, what's your specialty, Tony? I specialize in residential lending. Um, so for first-time home buyers, step-up buyers. Um, What's anyone, a step-up buyer? Step-up buyer is someone who's looking to purchase a home that already owns a home. Mm-hmm. So they want to um, purchase a home that's either larger or they they have um, kids that are gone off to college or they're downsizing. Sure. So, yeah. So those are the two types of buyers. Well, those types of buyers are the ones that I specialize in. Mm-hmm. So. And um, obviously refinances. Right. Okay. And when you're talking about single-family homes, it's... Obviously, it's single family right. units, it's condos, everything. Yeah, everything in residential, single family homes, condos, um, townhomes, uh, PUDs. What's a PUD? Uh, plan unit development. Okay, it's kind of hybrid townhome type uh-huh. of uh, uh, development. Uh-huh. Um, also units. So mm-hmm. between one and four units, mm-hmm. and anything over four units becomes commercial. So yeah, that's something not something I dabble into, but between one and four units is where I'm at. Great. Uh, how long have you been doing this? Um, I've been doing this. This is actually my ninth year going in, so it's been nine years. Um, and uh, I got into it back in 2005, mm-hmm. and um, 
I did my first loan. I really enjoyed it, saw the impact that it had on the family. I actually purchased property. Um, I still talk to them now. Today, it's been nine years, and um, it hasn't stopped since. Isn't that the best? Yeah. Seriously. It, it, I've been selling for 20 years. The clients... The clients that I've been working that I worked with 20 years ago, I still work with them. Yeah. I still I'm, I'm in contact with them. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a big part of their life. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it really is a very cool part of our business. We're in different parts of the same industry, mm-hmm. but it's great to to grow with them and f- figure out what what they're doing, how we can help them, how we can help their friends. Yeah. Your business is just like mine. We're based on referral. Yeah. You barely do any marketing. You don't need to. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge impact that we have on people's lives when they're buying a home, a property, you know, financially, uh, just lifestyle-wise as well. So um, we have the chance to make a mark in their lives. You know? And if we maintain that relationship, then, you know, 20 years, nine years out, I mean, we're still talking to the same people. You know? So you're, I think you were telling me your wife uh, was in the business first as a loan processor. Right. Um, she was a processor for a company down in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't know what mortgages were. Well, I knew what mortgages were, but I had no idea in terms of that industry. And she thought I would be good at doing this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because of my, you know, uh, my background working at my desk, liquor store or something, you know, when I'm cashier or something. <laughs> so she thought I'd be good at doing this. So I, she get, saw something in you. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you know, you're good with numbers. You're good with people. And this is kind of dealing with both. And I was like, okay. So I, I stepped in, gave it a shot and, um, yeah, I haven't looked back since. Wow. Yeah. My my wife saw something in me too. She's here. We're videotaping this. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in so you got into uh, you got into it at a mortgage company in Orange County. Right. You're in Pasadena now. And uh, in in all your years, how many people do you think you've helped? Oh man, hundreds, um, hundreds of people. You know. Uh, a lot of them I've done loans for. You know, some of them I've given advice to. So, um, yeah, I, it's not something I've kept count over the years. What I love about what you do, uh-huh. um, and we didn't talk about this before, is you, you stay in contact. And I'm on your email list, and it's a lot of lenders put me on their email list, and they all go to spam or they go to unsubscribe. I keep yours. You actually have some very valuable, good information in there. Thank you, Mike. And it's um, it's not highly technical, but I recommend anybody who's who's thinking about getting a mortgage connect with you. Actually, let's do this right now. How do people contact you? Um, they can call my office, uh, which is 626-692-5763, or they can go on my website. It's TonyWMoon.com, and um, look at the information there. My contact information is on there as well. Um, there's links to my Yelp reviews. I have a LinkedIn site that they can go check out as well. So you're here to stay, right? Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, well? We talked a little bit about what the best part of your business is. You know, really, it is. It's it's being part of somebody's life right. and helping them. Right. And the best part of it is, at least for me, if I do a fantastic job, I don't need to advertise. Right. I just I basically have created an advertising model that I don't really have to do too much about. Mm-hmm. And I just have people just refer me a lot of all their friends mm-hmm. and you've got the same thing going. Yeah. It's great. And if I can just add, like you do a really great job at that, by the way, I see your signs everywhere. We have a lot of signs. We're actually redoing the signs too. Uh, some of them are getting a little ding, dinged up, but yeah, 
that's one of the expenses of our business. <laughs> Those signs are expensive. Right. They're about a hundred bucks each. Really? Yeah. Wow. And uh, I think after being out in the open for maybe I don't know six months. Would you say six months, honey? You're not mic'd up. Do you want to be mic'd up one of these days? Come on. She's <laughs> never been mic'd up. She won't go on the show. We're opposites. Right. Can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> now, after about six months uh, of being out in the weather, they they just start wearing down and the, the colors fade. Mm-hmm. So that's it's an interesting expense. They're, we're constantly have to buy new signs. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, thank you. I appreciate that. So... You are what's called a direct lender, mm-hmm. but there's other kinds of, I guess you could say, lenders. Right. With this, I just want to talk about very, very basics. Because Got it. When buyers call me mm-hmm. or when I talk with sellers and we talk about selling their home and having somebody get pre-approved to buy their home and seeing a pre-approval letter, I'm always looking to see what kind of loan they're getting, who they're getting it from. Mm-hmm. And there's basically three kinds of Lenders, basically, right? Mm-hmm. There's direct lenders, mm-hmm. there's mortgage brokers, mm-hmm. and then there's banks. Right. You just walk into a bank. What's the difference between, and why did, Why are you a direct lender? Why did you just decide to become a direct lender? That's a really good question, Mike. Um, the three differences, um, well, the difference between the three is that a bank is basically it's a large institution. Um, mm-hmm. You walk into it. And, um, you know, you get your loan through them. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, the advantages to working with the bank is that they have all of your records and deposits and whatnot. And it seems like an easier process. However, um, you're, you're under one set of guidelines by the bank. So if for whatever reason, let's say the property that you're buying or like you have something happening on your tax returns mm-hmm. that's kind of out of the ordinary, then um, if you don't get approved by the bank, then you'll have to go and look for another bank or another lender to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a drawback in that, in that you are set to one set of guidelines by the bank. Uh, with a broker, uh, a broker is someone who basically goes out and shops your loan. So you, you want to get a home loan, they'll say, okay, these are the parameters for your home loan. I'm going to take it to these different lenders, have them you know, shop it, and then have them underwrite it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the advantage to that is that basically you have a variety of choices. Now, the, the disadvantage is that the, the control of underwriting is outside of the the, the scope of the, that broker. So mm-hmm. they have to rely on the underwriting from these different... Yeah, uh, you can't just walk down the hall and talk to the underwriter. Exactly. So they have to rely on these different investors. Now, a direct lender, or what we call like a direct lender correspondent lender, is different in the sense that the, the funds come directly from the lender. So, for example, like First Party fin- uh, Financial is a company that I work with, and um, the funds come directly from them. So mm-hmm. we underwrite these loans according to the guidelines for our investors, and they can include large uh, banking institutions. And uh, when we underwrite it, we basically underwrite it for their guidelines. We fund it with our money. And then once it funds, which is basically, you know, to the homeowner, it means they get their home. Um, we basically turn around and sell it to the investor. So the difference in that is that, one, we have the, the advantage of having different guidelines. And, two, um, we can actually underwrite it ourselves. So we have a lot more uh, flexibility and control in terms of how we're going to underwrite it and what we need to see in terms of getting it approved. There's benefits to all three of these, of course, but right. it is... I have found in my business, it's a lot easier to work with a direct lender mm-hmm. oftentimes because if, if I have a question, say, for example, somebody's trying to buy a house and they've just got, they're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. maybe, they're, uh, maybe they're a musician, maybe they have sporadic income, mm-hmm. um, maybe they went through a divorce, but 
I would think that there's very seldom where you just get a, a real, what's called in the industry, a real clean buyer mm. with just a regular old great job and regular old great credit and regular old, everything is just super great. Mm. It doesn't always happen. Right. And when there's a little snag and there's a question, a mortgage broker is going to have a bit of a hard time mm-hmm. sometimes getting a straight answer. Right. You are going to be able to get a pretty quick answer yeah. pretty fast and a solution. Right. And, and you know how it is in our industry, um, even for yourself when you're selling homes. You can't ever go back to one scenario and say, hey, this scenario is just like this other scenario that I went through, right? So everybody has their own tweaks and yeah. they're a little different. So in that sense, like, yeah, every every buyer that I deal with, I mean, they may look similar on paper, but their financial situation is unique to themselves. Mm-hmm. So in, in obtaining or talking about a mortgage, it has to tailor fit according to where they want to go, let's say, three to five years from now, what they want the mortgage to do. So in that sense, yeah, um, it's going to be different. Well, there's a lot of questions that you have to ask. Um, by the way, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and we're talking about morg- the mortgage industry, and we're here with mortgage advisor Tony Moon. This is great stuff. So let's talk about the. there's a big difference between picking up the phone and calling you mm-hmm. and going online to one of these companies and just putting in there your mortgage amount and asking what the interest rate is going to be. The conversation is very, very important to have. You can't really have that with one of these websites. Yeah. But let's talk about that. Okay. There's there's different reasons why someone's going to buy a house. There's different uh, – they may want to be there for 20 years. They mm-hmm. may only want to be there for three years. That can really affect – well, you take it from there. That can really affect what kind of a loan – Tell us about that. Right, right. And, you know, in dealing with a lot of these Internet site companies, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've seen all kinds of ads. You know, they sure. have like, you know, pop different types of pop-up ads and they get you to click and click and go onto their website. Sure. Um, I, I think it's important for a lot of people to realize that getting a mortgage isn't like going down to the store and buying a bag of chips or a pair of jeans or a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. No, this is actually one of the first steps for you to be able to build wealth if, you, if this is your first purchase. And for anyone else that has uh, multiple properties, they usually have a source that they go to, a mortgage mm-hmm. lending source, you know, either uh, a direct lender or whoever that they go to and they get uh, personal advice from in terms of what they need to do. So what I'd like to kind of press upon listeners is that when getting a mortgage, this has to be very specific to yourself. So if you're whoever you're talking to isn't asking you specific types of questions regarding the lifestyle that you want to have, where you want to be in three to five years, how is this mortgage going to fit with your overall retirement plans or financial goals, then whoever they're talking to, if they're not asking those types of questions, questions may not be the right person for them. And a lot of these internet companies are just basically that. It's almost like a McDonaldization of the mortgage business mm-hmm. where they basically take your order. What do you need? Do you need this? Do you need that? And then you're, it's up to the, to the buyer to decide what they want. And then basically place that order. So a lot of times the advice that they're getting usually comes from people that are outside of the mortgage industry. You know, they're talking to, let's say, uh, you know, their aunt, their uncle who mm-hmm. owns, you know, uh, you know, a flower shop or something yes. like that, right? Well, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We'll be, at, we'll, we'll be back in a few minutes. We're talking with mortgage advisor Tony Moon. And if you're the type of person that values ex- expert advice, then you need to stay tuned in. I have a, a great question for you when we come back. Now, back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with mortgage advisor 
Tony Moon with First Priority Financial. By the way, here's my number, and save it in your contacts, 888-401-1555. Again, 888-401-1555. And if you're the type of person that values expert advice, you need to stay tuned in. Oh, and by the way, at the end of our show, if you wait about 20 minutes, you'll be able to stream the show. You can find it on iTunes, and you can even share a link with someone you care about. And you can find me at the Mike Bell Real Estate Show.com, the Mike Bell Real Estate Show.com to stream it later. And you can find us on iTunes. I think the iTunes, we load that up within about a day. So we're here with Tony Moon, and we're talking about mortgages. Hey, Tony. Hey, Mike. Um, tell me about, I think it's a very, very important mm-hmm. part of the loan process, the first conversation that you have with somebody. I can imagine that m- a lot of people, I don't know how it works, because mm-hmm. that's not my expertise. You're right. the expert here. I would imagine a lot of people go online and they shop for a mortgage and they have these different companies give them kind of quotes. Right. And then they call you and... It goes in a different direction sometimes. It does. And tell me about how and why. Well, one of the first things that I like to do is send them what's called a mortgage planning analysis form. Mm -hmm. And what that is is basically there's about 12 questions that covers like where they want to go, what they want to do. I ask them about some of the professionals that they work with. But more importantly, it it, it basically addresses or it has them start thinking about, um, you know, where they see themselves in about one to five years, right? Mm -hmm. So that's important because this will help me arrange the mortgage according to, you know, what that plan is. So let's say they, they, they're buying this property, you know, it's a condo. They only want to stay in it for between five to seven years because, you know, it's a young couple. They want to move out and buy a bigger home. Well, in, in that scenario, maybe a 30-year fixed mortgage probably, you know, is not the best option, right? Mm-hmm. So the only way for me to find that out is to kind of go deep with them and in terms of finding out a little bit more about them, their lifestyle, what they see happening, neighborhoods mm-hmm. they, they want to live in, do they want to retain this condo as a rental, uh, do they want to sell it? So it really becomes uh, what I, you know, kind of like the term like a financial advice light. You know, it's not full on financial advice, but it's basically centered around a mortgage. And we basically talk about, you know, not just the mortgage, but everything else that mm-hmm. kind of pertains and how it affects the mortgage. A lot of folks, and I've done this too, the first house I ever bought, I mm-hmm. said, this is it. I've arrived. <laughs> I'm going to stay in this house for 30 years. I got a 30-year mortgage. At the time, there were uh, 30 due in five, 30 due in seven, which means basically I, my mortgage is amortized over 30 years, right. but I have to pay it off within five years or seven years, which right. means basically I have at that point they either well they could foreclose, <laughs> uh, they, uh, I'd have to refinance or really I need to sell the house. The interest rates were lower if I had those kind of. Uh, uh, Programs, mm-hmm. which was, but I didn't. I, I I didn't do I didn't do the shorter term one, which I should have mm-hmm. when I was younger. But there's an interesting stat out there: the average uh, American uh, owns their home for, well, basically, average American sells every seven years. Right. So that's something I think a lot of people don't. Understand and now I know there's there are some people that sell every year. There's there are investors out there that sell every two years right. for other reasons, and we'll talk about that on other shows with the tax accountant. But um, 
talk about that. Uh, let's talk about the interest rates. How does that affect interest rates? Well, um, you know, the longer term mortgages are going to have a longer, you know, a, a higher interest rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, a higher interest rate because it's a longer term for the investor. Mm-hmm. When, when I say investor, I'm talking lenders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the shorter term mortgages, let's say we're looking at a seven year adjustable rate mortgage or a five year adjustable rate mortgage, those interest rates are going to be lower because of the fact that it's only fixed for seven years and after seven to five years, then it goes adjustable. And there's usually uh, an index that it gets pegged to. It's usually the LIBOR index, one-year LIBOR, and then there's a margin that gets added onto that, and that'll be the new rate for you know um, for the buyer or for the borrower after like the, the fixed period of time, which is between five to seven years. So in that sense, they can use this mortgage. Um, you know, it's just a it's a good way. I'll, I'll give a good example of this. Um, I recently am looking at a refi for uh, another client who referred me to his mom. His mom is about 80 years old. She's looking at refinancing her home. She currently has a 30-year fixed mortgage, but she's looking at getting a, an adjustable rate mortgage just because of the fact that it, it'll lower her payment substantially enough so that she has more more cash flow. Uh, not only that, but she doesn't intend to stay in that home for much longer. than she, mm-hmm. She's 80 years old, right? So mm-hmm. um, she's thinking about maybe another five to seven years before she goes off to, let's say, you know, uh, a different place, a retirement home. Sure. So in that sense, she wants to take all the savings, uh, as much savings as she can uh, between the five to seven years so that basically... You know, she can live that much more comfortably and then afterwards sell the home and go to retirement home afterwards. So in that sense, like those types of mortgages would work for someone like that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really sure if they'd be able to figure that out if they just went online or maybe even walked into a bank right. and just asked somebody. Right. Because I think it's important to understand this industry, the business. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit – not to take anything away from the person that sits at a desk in a bank and – People just walk up to the desk and ask them about mortgages. Mm -hmm. That's a great business to have people come up to you. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of value in working with somebody that hears about you and and works with you through referral. Mm -hmm. And you've got to work, um, um, you got to work harder. And at the end of the day, if you do a fantastic job, you're going to get referrals. Right. And, you're probably getting those referrals and you're probably doing a lot of business because you can provide something different right. than the guy that just or the gal that's just sitting at the bank right. that doesn't have to go out and try to generate business and you know right well a lot of what we do what, what you know you do too Mike is a lot is education right I mean sure. you, you want to educate someone in terms of how to buy a home um, you know types of homes and then you know my on my side of the business it's educating them on the financing of it right so um, in that sense, I think there is kind of a difference is that most people, when they go and look for a mortgage, the, the one thing that they're kind of been trained to ask for is the interest rate. Like, what's the interest rate? What's the interest rate, right? Um, and, and it's not because, you know, uh, someone's told them, like, hey, you know, obviously that's important. But there's so many other factors around that that, you know, people have to consider as well that sometimes maybe the interest rate isn't the only factor, you know. so It's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. You're listening to the Michael Real Estate Show, and we're talking about the mortgage industry with with Tony Moon. This is great stuff. You know, you, know, I, you just hit on on one of the reasons why I do the show, and one of the reasons I think that it's getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And I've been approached to syndicate it nationwide. My clients, if they're better informed, they make better decisions. Yep. Okay. Uh, they save money or they make money. They have, and this business that we're in of selling houses and doing mortgages creates so much stress for people. Mm-hmm. There's 
it, it, it can really wreak havoc on you if you hire the wrong person to guide you through all of this. We're going to do a show eventually. On a sh- uh, we're just going to talk just about what I do mm-hmm. if I'm selling a house. There's 400 items that we have to do. There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. You need somebody who's coordinated that has done it over and over again to guide you through it. Right. You do the same thing. Yeah. And your clients make great decisions, I'm sure. And I'm sure you I'm, – I know this happens because my clients tell me this when they call you. They go, oh, my gosh, Tony Tony's told me about this other product that I should probably look into. I'm going to do it. I'm going to probably save two or $300 or whatever they're going to save. Mm-hmm. But that happens all the time. Right. I think the biggest compliment, the greatest compliment I can receive from someone that I have a, a consultation was when they say something to the effect that, you know what, my last guy never asked me that before. You know, I think that's it's great. It means that I'm actually digging deeper in terms of trying to find out more about them. You know, but... Um, Going back to what you were saying in terms of, um, you know, education, you know, educating, making better decisions. That's basically what it's all about, right? Because if someone's educated and they know, um, not through just the internet, but they, they actually get expert advice from someone, a professional in the business, then, um, it elevates their decision making process in terms of being able to say, like, okay, based upon, you know, the information I got, this is going to be better for me versus. This choice, right? And it's not because I spoke to my baker or the Starbucks barista who told me about real estate. It actually came from, you know, someone who sells a ton of homes, someone who does a lot of loans. Well, one of the we were joking about this last week. We were talking about maybe a little slogans, um, something from my website, uh, something that sets me apart. <laughs> and one of the things we were talking about saying is I specialize in homes that don't sell the first time because I'm constantly being hired as the next realtor mm-hmm. to fix stuff. And I'm constantly being hired and asked from attorneys, what the heck happened on this deal with my client? Mm-hmm. Can you look into it? We look into it and they realize, wow, maybe it wasn't the best decision for them to hire their buddy, their neighbor, or their friend that just got the real estate license. Right. It, that's usually the case. Unfortunately, I hear that all the time. And I, I get it. If you're going to get into this business, if you're going to be a loan officer, you've got to make mistakes. Yeah. But I, I don't. I don't want to be the guy that that you're you're trying out. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to. Be, I don't want to be in that position. I don't want my clients in that position. But sometimes you have to go through that as as the consumer. But certainly as a first time loan officer or realtor. I mean, I know I have some beginning realtors are a little bit upset about the show. Mm. You know, they need a chance. Right. But, um, it's a big decision. Yeah. Do you really want to use a rookie? Do you want to use somebody who does it just once in a while, or right. do you want to do you work with somebody like you right. or me? Well, the, the challenges to this industry, I mean, real estate, the real estate industry for you guys is that the barrier to entry is really low, right? I mean, it doesn't take much to get a license and just, you know start selling real estate. I think the challenge comes in, in finding someone who does it full time professionally and has been doing it well. Uh, that may not necessarily be your aunt's friend who does it part time and has a bookkeeping service on the side, right? Well, hey, you're listening to the Michael Real Estate Show, and this is a very important topic. And we're talking with mortgage advisor Tony Moon. This is great stuff. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. 
We're here with mortgage advisor Tony Moon with First Priority Financial. Here's my number, and save it in your contacts, 888-401-1555. Again, 888-401-1555. Uh, we, uh, I, I provide a free nationwide service. If you would like to hire me or get my advice or uh, hire somebody just like me, I don't care where you are in the nation, I'll find a Mike Bell for you. Uh, they're going to be somebody with this, my kind of sales record, my approach, my work ethic. And if you have a house anywhere and you're interviewing agents, first of all, I'd suggest you interview three uh, to sell your house. You're going to find that all three are very different. But one of those three should be somebody that I can help you with, and I'll, I'll find somebody. It doesn't cost you any money, but I'll go out and find somebody who's fantastic that's local in your area that is, uh, they'll be able to back up their sales record and they'll be able to provide testimonials. But give me a call. I'd be happy to help you. We're back here with Tony. We're talking about mortgages and we have listener email and I've got some, I've got some good email questions. I don't know if we want to go into bankruptcy. Let's do this one. Oh, this is great. How much info should I give an online lender? <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, I, that's if scary. I, yeah, I would say like none. <laughs> you know, just because anyone can put up a website. You know, anyone can have rates posted. Um, well, even the big lenders. I mean, there's because when you when you put your information and in, they ask for more and they ask for email and all of a sudden, yeah, they say that you can check their privacy policy and it's like. Basically, if you if you read that, it says they can spam you, right? And they're going to sell your data probably, but you got to read the, a 15-page privacy policy. Who does right. that? How, but how much info? I mean, if if you want to do a little bit of rudimentary sh- shopping, uh, name, first name, last name, email, maybe you know, uh, phone number, maybe work number, not cell phone. Well, let's talk about the process. If they're instead of doing that, why can't they call you? I mean, it's going to take them 15 minutes to fill all this stuff out. Right. They can pick up the phone and just call you. Right. And you're going to ask them some basic questions. Exactly. And you're going to provide those. Uh, you're going to email them all of that information that you the, the, the package. What, what was that called again? Uh, it's a mortgage planning analysis form. Okay. And how long are your conversations usually in the, the first time that you, somebody calls you and asks for help? They can range anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. You know, okay. uh, because we segue into different topics. I mean, mm-hmm. things come up like, hey, you know, my son, you know, has a mortgage. He may be underwater. You know, what are his options? Um, you know, different things come up. I've heard, you know, X, Y, and Z from my coworker. Is that mm-hmm. true? You know, so a lot of it is just basically just either, um, you know, uh, confirming certain things that they believe in or just telling them what they've heard is not exactly 100 percent accurate. There's mm-hmm. some inconsistencies, inconsistencies in there that you know have to be. Addressed, so yeah, it can go anywhere between twenty to forty minutes. So, how much do you charge for that? Um, I probably should, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an attorney, so I can't charge by the hour. <laughs> um, yeah, I only get paid when they do a loan with me. Um, if it closes, yeah, if, if it closes, there's no cost. Exactly, involved. exactly. And um, I'm more than happy to give the advice because I think um, education is key. Um, there, uh, you know, I would feel better knowing that if I spoke with someone and I was able to affect their lives and 
give them, you know, a piece of, you know, advice or education that helped them make a better decision, whether they use me or not. My show is almost like required listening for my clients mm-hmm. and my potential clients. I want them to be informed. I want them to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want them to make great decisions. We were talking about, there was a show that we had. I had the, uh, the chief economist for the California Association of Realtors nice. on my show last year, and we were just talking about the barriers to entry mm-hmm. and to get into the business. There's, there's, a, there's an industry out there that gets people into this industry. The industry that, that's out there to get people in their industry is for test-taking and all these other things that they help people with. It's mm-hmm. a huge, huge, huge industry. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. Well, not really expensive. It's relatively inexpensive if you want to get a real estate license mm-hmm. in California. You can go online. You can get call, all your courses, your fingerprinting, um, the fees and everything like that for less than a thousand bucks. Okay, anybody for the most part in California can do that. For a thousand under a thousand dollars, you can get into this business, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're a licensed agent and yeah. you can help people. With the biggest transaction of their lives. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Very, very scary. The, her name was um, Leslie Appleton Young, and she was just shaking her head. She, she just couldn't believe how many. There's just a lot of agents out there. There's a lot of lenders like you out there. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. There's not very many lenders like you. There's a lot of lenders. There's a ton of realtors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's more realtors than lenders out there. I don't know. It seems like everywhere there's a realtor. Yeah. But the average lifespan of a realtor is 18 months. Wow. Most of them, they're out of the business after 18 months. Yeah. I don't know. What is it probably in, in lending? Um, it's probably shorter than that. <laughs> I would, it's probably is shorter than that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot shorter than that. I mean, um, I remember the first company I worked at, if you can stick around for at least three months, then you were doing well, you know? <laughs> the, well, the model and for residential real estate, the model for in brokerages basically is, a brand new agent usually has a few friends that have promised them mm-hmm. a transaction. Mm-hmm. If you get your license, I'll wait for you to get your license, and you can help me buy a house. Mm-hmm. You'll sell my house, or family member will say, hurry up and get your license to their son or something like that. As soon as you get the license, we want to save on the commission, and we'll let you sell sell the property. So unfortunately, I think for the industry, the model is kind of broken because – they know that most agents are good for one or two deals. Mm. And that's why probably the lifespan of an average real estate agent is 18 months because right. they can survive on those first two deals. And after that, they starve mm. because they just they won't do what you're supposed to do, right. which is service people, help them, reach out, mm-hmm. create value right. for them. And this big part of this show is you know, I want an informed client. Yeah. How easy are they to work with? Right. They're great. And everybody's happy. That's At the end of the day, we want everybody to be happy in their home. Mm-hmm. Um, so we... Oh, there, there's another good question. Oh, this is a great question, actually. Daniel, thank you. You're not mic'd up. This is a very good question. <laughs> Why can't I get a mortgage from Fannie Mae? That's a really good question. And um, I think I get asked that question at least once every other week. Um, so yeah, you can't really call them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you could, but yeah, but they won't do your loan. No, they won't do your loan. Yeah, um, they simply insure loans. So um, there's two large government-sponsored entities, uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Uh, they have guidelines which insure loans. So a lot of investors or lenders use these guidelines. 
um, before we can actually uh, have a human underwriter look at a loan mm-hmm. to for approve it for approval, um, it has to run through um, what we call DU desktop underwriter, which is a Fannie Mae type of software that we run through. Once it gets the approval, there is when we have a human underwriter take a look at it. But it has to go through that first pass first to get the approval before we have uh, a pair of eyes look at that you know mm-hmm. loan and then give their approval that way. So in, in that regard. Um, Fannie Mae doesn't do loans. They just insure loans. But they have a, a huge uh, presence in the marketplace because of that. So their guidelines are pretty much set by all the different uh, – they're set for all the different lenders. And um, some, some other lenders may have overlays in addition to the Fannie Mae guidelines. But the Fannie Mae guidelines are what we call just like the, the basics of what we're looking for. Well, I read a stat in the Wall Street Journal that said basically 90% of all mortgages are – basically insured by the government mm-hmm. and that insurance basically is, is Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Mm-hmm. And so what happens when somebody gets a loan, you have to do underwriting based upon Fannie Mae guidelines, which right. basically says they're going to want to have this kind of borrower with this kind of house, with this kind of in, at least this kind of income and this kind of job and credit uh, rating and uh, credit profile all these things. Right. If you can put somebody together that fits their at least their minimum standards, the government will insure the loan. Right. And basically they'll they'll the bank or the direct lender will repackage it and Fannie will basically switch off the switch out the money basically. Right. They'll the the bank does or the direct lender does the loan mm-hmm. and then they come in and kind of basically replenish mm-hmm. the money. That's right. how that works. Right. So you know what they're looking for. So what are they looking for? What do you? What can a, a consumer who's never bought a house or, or they're going to buy a house these days? What are you going to be asking for? Um, one of the first steps that we that we take and we look at is credit. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Um, good clean credit history. So you'll ask for their, their, their social security number. Right, social date of birth. They'll fill out a form exactly. authorizing you to do that. Right. Okay. So we would obtain a credit report on their behalf. And okay. and all lenders, I, I would say. You share that with them. Right. If they want a copy of it. Exactly. Okay. Um, we go off of what's called a tri-merge report, which is three scores in one. Mm-hmm. And then we just take the middle score as a fair way to assess credit. And then we basically use that middle score to um, determine like what you know the rate, what kind of interest rate they're going to get. Um, types of loan that are mm-hmm. available for them. So for someone who's looking to do a uh, first purchase, the first thing they need to do is be aware of what their credit score is, uh, where they're at, um, any obligations that they have on the credit report that they're not aware of that may have fallen, you know, slipped in payment. I've, mm-hmm. I've actually had that where, um, you know, I've had a couple who basically had seller credit, paid everything on time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when I do a credit review, I take about 24, 36 hours to do it because just I want to be thorough about it. But I noticed that there was a um, an account that would had fallen behind in, in in payments. So I reached out to them and I told them like, hey, this does not fall in the payment pattern that you normally have. And um, were you aware of this? Well, the husband actually, before they were married, lived um, separately from his then girlfriend. And when they moved in together, he forgot to forward the address for this one magazine subscription over to the girlfriend or his wife's house, and that fell behind in payment. So that you know. $30, $40 mag- magazine subscription end up ballooning out to like, you know, like two, $300, which actually weighed down on his credit score, which he had no idea about. So I, I was able to bring this to his attention. He was able to clean, clean that up, uh, get that stricken off his credit report, and then basically, you know, make it look pristine and immaculate again. Did and you just, tell the wife that he had a girlfriend? 
that's actually one of the first steps I do tell people. You need to get pre-approved. Yeah. And that, that process, that's one of the first questions that you ask, mm-hmm. is you need to pull the credit. And and it's not necessarily just to make sure that, you know, I know people call and they say, I have really great credit. Don't pull my credit. Right. But if they haven't actually seen their credit, even in a few for a few months, it happens too much, I'm sure. You've mm-hmm. seen this, where there's something that shows up on the credit report, and they're like, what is this? Yeah. I, I see that happen a lot. Um, usually... Um, a lot of people are aware of the accounts that they hold, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes there may be a lien or medical. Like maybe they got, you know, they they were hurt. Uh, you know, paramedics came, took them to the hospital. Um, they thought they paid the uh, the medical bill through their insurance. Maybe something slipped through the cracks. There's a medical bill that's outstanding. Yeah. So it's a uh, you know two hundred dollar medical bill that's gone into collections that they have no idea about. I've seen that. Um, tax liens that they weren't aware of. Uh, that's on the credit report. You know, the credit report looks fine. You know, I don't owe anybody any money. Uh, my credit score is high, but there's this tax lien, you know, that they weren't aware of. Or maybe there's even a judgment that they weren't even aware of. And well. now they have time to fix it if they have. Better to fix it before they get into escrow. Sooner than later, yeah. sure. Uh, so you're tuned into the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and we're talking with Tony Moon. We're talking about mortgages, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. And we're here with mortgage advisor Tony Moon with First Priority Financial. Tony, uh, give us your contact info, please. You bet. It's, um, you can reach me on um, via phone, uh, 626-692-5763. Say it one more time. Six two six six nine two five seven six three. You can also Sorry. research and find my contact information. Learn a little bit more about me on my website, which is tonywmoon.com. Tonywmoon.com. Are there any dashes or dots or anything? It's no. just www.tonywmoon, like the moon. Yeah, just don't spell Tony with an I. Okay, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your email? Um, that's tmoon. At fpfmail.com. Okay, great, great, great. You know, it's funny. We were talking about in the other segment about uh, credit. I started my, well, after, not my real estate career, but when I first got out of college, I worked, I volunteered at a credit union, and we were doing personal loans. They were trying to segue into real estate loans, and that's how my, that was kind of my journey. But on the personal loans that we were doing at this federal credit union mm-hmm. at this hospital down the street from our from my house where that was it seems like it was yesterday we would pull credit obviously if we're mm-hmm. going to do a personal loan because really there's no it wasn't secured by anything it was just the, it was secured by the good name of the person mm-hmm. it was maybe a, it was a, the loans were up to ten thousand dollars some people needed a thousand five five thousand whatever one of the things that pulled up on the credit report was a library card. I'm sorry, it was a it was an overdue or unreturned uh, library book. Wow. From uh, it was from the uh, it was the Glendale Library, and somebody had submitted their information, and I, I guess they didn't return the book. And it was like forty dollars, but it was on the credit report. Yeah. And they didn't know about it. Until years later, mm-hmm. but was interesting. I basically I was sort of like the underwriter on the loan, 
and I'm trying to gather all the information. And certainly, as everybody does, we're looking for the negatives on the credit. And I was, it's like you got to ask what if you can't return a library book, can you pay back a loan? That's the importance of the credit, of course. Right, right. So you end up becoming like the library police for the library. We had to ask him a question. We had to ask the guy. What was the title of the book? No, we. Uh, yeah, you don't want to know that. <laughs> but we had to ask, that was just one of the questions we had to ask. It was a condition, basically. Right. Why didn't you return it? It was an embarrassing question. The guy didn't know. Okay, he didn't know. That sounds reasonable, but we do have to do our due diligence, which is what you have to do. Everybody right. in the mortgage industry, and the same with me, we have to do the, our due diligence. Right. But that's the other. That's the importance of pulling a credit report mm-hmm. up front. That's. The last thing you want to, well, you you don't want to put the um, chicken before the egg mm-hmm. in this business. If you're going to buy a house, your first step is to call you. Right. It's not to go out and find a realtor and start looking at houses. You need to find out what you can afford. Right. So what else are you looking for? What can somebody expect to hear from you? Okay, you're going to pull a credit report. You'll mm-hmm. share that with them. Mm-hmm. That's free. Right. You're, this whole process is free. Exactly. Okay. What else are you going to ask? Well, um, I just want to touch on the credit report real yeah. quick. Just want to let people know that um, once a credit report is pulled through me, um, I'm not going to pull it again until we get into escrow. And that's important because there are lenders out there who will look at the expiration of a credit report. Credit's good for about 60 to 90 days, and they'll repull a new credit report, especially if they're out looking for a home. They, they need a new pre-approval letter, so they'll pull a new credit report. I, I, I like to just have a conversation with uh, the buyer of the bar and just ask them, like, hey, has anything changed since the last time we had a conversation? If nothing's changed, then obviously the credit score is the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the additional items that I ask for are basically sensitive information, which I can't imagine sending to, like, an online lender, which is, like, your bank statements, uh, W-2s, your, your tax returns, uh, your pay stubs, uh, retirement information, uh, if that's going to come into play. So you're giving someone pretty much your financial life um, well, they fill an application out, right. too, right? Right. So they're going to have to fill all of that stuff out and then back it up, basically. Exactly. So, like, tax returns. In the old days, mm-hmm. it was just a few years ago, I remember with getting a mortgage, I'd have to actually, I actually, I went out and I scanned my tax returns and emailed it over to you. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really do that anymore. Um, well, some lenders, they just ask you to fill out a form so you can pull it yourself. Right, right. Um, depending on the type of employment that they're into, if they're, let's say, a W-2 employee, mm-hmm. um, we can get tax transcripts from the IRS. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're um, self-employed, then we would want to see those tax returns because as a self-employed uh, person, we know that sometimes business fluctuates. You know, So we want to see um, the differences between, let's say, this year and the year before. You know, so in that sense, like yeah, tax, we would require tax returns. But in other cases, yeah, we we can validate them through the IRS. If you're if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and we're here talking about mortgages with Tony Moon. And you can always reach us by finding us on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show dot com, the Mike Bell Real Estate Show dot com. You can also go to my website, michaelbellteam.com, www.michaelbellteam.com. Let's get back into this great talk. So tax returns, pay stubs, if you're if you're a W-2 employee, bank statements. I mean, that's a ton of that's a ton of financial information. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, 
that's what I want to reiterate and say that basically you have to be aware of who you're sending this information to. Uh, and not only that, but there are going to be instances where this information has to be shared with another lender. And a good example would that be would, would be when someone is making an offer and the other party, the listing agent, is asking them to cross-qualify through another lender. I'll give you a good example of this. Recently, I had uh, a client basically switch agents, and that happens, right? Um, they'll, it happens you know, Unfortunately. But they switched the agent. They, they're working with this other agent. The other agent called me and says, hey, I need you to cross-qualify uh, this buyer with this other lender. Can you send this other lender all this information? Here's the email address. Here's this, you know, just send it through this email address. Well, first of all, I'm not going to send someone I've never met Yeah, information like that. So um, what I do is I basically reached out to the listing agent. I confirmed who this lender was, that they were actually working, that there is a listing that's active, you know, and that, you know, um, that there is uh, an agent behind this listing that's a legitimate mm-hmm. agent. So I want to make sure that whoever I send this information out to is a legitimate source that's going to cross-qualify, you know, my client. So it's not sending out this information willy-nilly and hopefully, you know, it, it works and they get the offer accepted. You have to vet out people. You have to be able to, uh, on behalf of your client, uh, know who you're sending their information to. And then when I told the client this, yeah, they were very appreciative of the fact that I was actually taking extra steps to make sure I safeguard their information. Well, aside from realtors that don't know what they're doing and lack of communication, the number one reason why transactions cancel is because of financing. Mm -hmm. And it's almost always because the buyer thought they were getting pre-approved, thought they could do it, had a buddy, or they just walked into the bank and the bank just said, don't worry about it. Based upon what you've told me, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work with me and my clients. When I'm representing the seller, I let them know up front that I'm going to actually pick up the phone mm-hmm. and call. I've called you before. Yeah. I want to make sure. Well, I don't. This is how we met. I called you on. I wanted to make sure that that borrower actually submitted an application and did all that stuff. It wasn't your buddy. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that happens too often when I, I'll pick up the phone. I want to check out a buyer and I'll call the loan officer. And it, that's that's the case, and it's that's that's really it's good to know up front than yeah. later because that thing's going to fall apart probably. You know, we can go on and on. This is great information. We're almost out of time. Um, you can always call me at eight 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 four zero one one five 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 eight 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 four zero one one five five five. I'd like to thank Tony Moon with First Priority Financial for sharing such great information. Will you come back? Oh, yeah, if you invite me. I'll oh, you're invited. <laughs> it's, it's being recorded. You're invited. Uh, thank you to Dave, my producer in Chicago, for producing such a great show today. Thank you to my wife for videotaping us. We'll see how this turns out. We'll put them up on the website. Daniel, thank you. By the way, Daniel, my board operator, who's also my show coordinator here in Pasadena, he's also a realtor. Congratulations on your $1.1 million listing? One point three nine five. Oh, nice. Whoa. 1.395. Are you a little hungover from last night from your <laughs> Twilight Open House with all that wine you had to drink? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> well, that's it for today. My name is Mike Bell, and remember to call me, 888-401-1555. My email is mikebell at kw.com, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. 
The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.